What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 639 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined by the triumvirate of Oliver the Barristone, Kyle Brackey, and Ben Funky Askren. Three of us were, were Dell's boys the last the last week. Ollie stayed at home, held down the fort. He's a little jealous about that. But I heard uh, about Pizza Ranch. It looked oh, awesome. Yeah. Kyle oh, yeah. told me about macaroni and cheese pizza. You guys know I love mac and cheese. You know I love pizza. You put them together. Oh, yeah. But I didn't get to have it. <laughs> you didn't get to have it. But, hey, man, I've never Whoa. been to the Dell's. Uh, I've never been there. It's like uh, Myrtle Beach in the Midwest. Was, I heard they have the biggest water park in the country out there. It's true. It's called, it's called Noah's, Noah's Ark. Ark. Whew. Yeah, it was it was hey, I'm a I'm Team Dells right now. I thought it was a great place. <laughs> Lots of friendly uh well, friendly Wisconsin people and then like a, a lot of vacation towns you have a lot of like, you know, foreigners that come in and work and there so it's a very yeah. service oriented place. Uh it was it was awesome. Yeah. And then the natural topography of the region is pretty cool too, you know, with the like the bluffs and the water and that that type of stuff. I like that a lot too. Yeah, we went on a lot of hikes. Love the bluffs. Uh, yeah, I, oh, yeah, one thing I look at when I want to go somewhere is the topography. And I'm like, I need, <laughs> I need a good variance in topography here. That was a nice big I word, Ben. Topography. What's what's the Listen, bluff to gorge hear, ratio? Like, let me ask you guys this. Is there anything more boring than, say, Kansas, Nebraska, and, and South Dakota? No, because there's no topography. It's just flat <laughs> for, like, hundreds and hundreds of miles. You hate that shit. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Starting off hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang it all. <laughs> ben, Ben, uh, ben was we're a little late. Ben's, uh, Ben was, uh, he, he's, my, he's running yeah. hot my right now. No, my daughter broke my computer. I had to get a new one. Don't blame the kids. Then the safari wouldn't, well, she dropped the ice pack on it, Ollie. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> what happened. Uh, then, then the safari wouldn't work with, uh, I'm sorry, the Google Chrome wouldn't work with VMix. So now I'm on safari with VMix. We're, we're working. We had a great weekend. A lot of wrestling. And, a lot. Uh, we got, a lot this weekend too, Christian. Yes, I mean back to back weekends, monster weekends, and you know, obviously the the nation's eyes were turned towards uh, the Cadet World Team Trials, which were which were really fun for me because it's it's a great time to like get to know some of the the scene for these high school kids that haven't really got yes. to make their mark because last year they didn't get to do anything in the off season. We so a lot of these names were the first mm-hmm. time you really seen them on a national stage. So I guess. Um, well, we have a lot of news dumps to get to. I don't know if we should do oh, those Oh, so first. many news dumps. They wait till FRL ends, and then they make all the news happen. First news dump, which was actually a news dump that we said on uh, FRL months and months and months yeah. ago. Missouri going back to the Big 12. That is now official. Let's go to our official Big 12 correspondent, Ben Askren, for his reaction. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes the Big 12 really, really tough. It was already getting pretty tough, and Mizzou back there makes it tougher. I'm kind of... Um, I don't know, I'm almost surprised that they allowed us in there because there was, you know, some bad blood when Mizzou left to the SEC. Uh, but for, for as far as wrestling programs concerned, it's a really good move for them. Um, you know, long live the dominance in the MAC. I don't think they ever lost fully, fully undefeated forever. Uh, now maybe how how Bobcats can win a little more. <laughs> it may help the Bobcats. Uh, you it know, will. I think I think more than anything, this is. This is a big advantage for Missouri, for them to go back. Because what is one of the, the main dings against going to these schools? And why do kids choose these Big Ten schools? They want the toughest competition. Now, 
now Missouri, when they had to say, well, we have a tough schedule, but we wrestle in the MAC, and so we have MAC duels, we have the MAC championships, and we're not going to be tested there. And that's not what a lot of kids are, are looking for, the best. Now you can say, hey, mm-hmm. the Big 12 is clearly the number two conference in the country. Yes. And you could argue that it is, uh, it, on the high end, it is not as good as the Big 10, but in terms of depth, it is incredible. So. Yeah. That's going to be a real recruiting advantage for Missouri that they didn't have previously. So I think the Big 12 gains, but I think more than anything, Missouri is a huge beneficiary of this because one of the big recruiting knocks that you could make against um, Missouri now is eliminated. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I love it. And and to your point about, uh, I mean, you guys have been on this train for many years now, Mizzou getting too high of seeds for what uh, – what their schedule should have put. Now they're going to have those opportunities to get the big wins during the season and to, I won't say earn their seeds, but maybe it'll help them move even higher um, because because they're facing more of the best guys. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, right now, I mean, the, the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State team race ended up being super close and was tied last year, but for the most part, it's been Oklahoma State unchallenged. Now Missouri versus Oklahoma State, they'll be battling. And there's other teams that can get in the mix, but right now they're the two... Uh, they're going to be the two dominant forces, at least next Pan- year. Panther Train call. thinks they're going to be pretty good. Next year? That's what, that's what, I mean, listen, I didn't look at the lineup. That's what Parker Kekheisen was texting about. Well, yes. Are they um, good next year? They're going to be good at 80. They're going to be good at 84. I mean, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be tough, but I don't, man, Missouri's, Missouri's bringing back a squad. Oklahoma State, what they have, you know, at least what, four or five All-Americans returning. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Oklahoma State could bring could bring back everybody. They could. I don't. Well, I thought know. you said Gear wasn't coming back, or uh, I don't have an answer. No, on Forty nine. Boo, boo. I thought boo was. Yeah, boo. Yeah, I guess he could return, but he has said he won't. But he's yeah. the only one. Yeah. I think that is not at this moment. So hmm. that'll be. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a fun team race. I'm glad they're back in the Big Twelve. I think that just that just uh, anytime you condense competition and get more elite teams, it's gonna be. A, it's going to be fun, yeah. and uh, I think the wrestling fans will be beneficiaries as well. So that's big news. Missouri back to the Big 12. Other big news, Mike Poeta named uh, the head coach of Illinois. We talked about on the last show how Illinois had offered Doug Schwab the position, and he turned so it So, Christian, I, I, did this guy – Did there, was there a strange man that came in and accosted you at the, at the Dells um, about this topic? No. There was some dude, he came up to me, and he's like, hey, I don't like what you guys said. I know it wasn't you, it was the other guys, about Schwab getting offered. That's not true. It is it true. it makes Mike Poeta look bad. And I'm like, uh, I don't know you. I don't know you at all. And I, <laughs> I know other people who said that Schwab did get an offer. And so, listen, I got to trust them. And he's like, well, it's not true. And I, I know. I know the ADs. And I'm like. But I don't know who you are, so I can't ver- I can't verify you. I literally just met you 30 seconds ago. But he was very unhappy that we reported that Schwab got an offer. He was alleging that that was completely untrue, and he was very, very fired up about it. I'm very surprised he didn't come find you guys also. Well, uh, we're more intimidating. I think that's why you got confronted. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's not. I mean it's it is true. I mean take it up with take it up with <laughs> Schwab. I mean. That it's a fact. He was offered the position. He turned it down. Um, yes. And yeah, I mean this this happens from from time to time. And when 
College wrestling is becoming bigger, bigger, and it's getting more coverage, and this stuff is getting out, and you're learning the ins and outs of who gets offered the the positions. And, um, you know, it's up for Mike Poeta to to seize it. And, you know, I it seems like there's a lot of energy now that he got named head coach. Um, yep. And people seem really excited about it. So I think it's a good thing. And why wouldn't you look at someone like Doug Schwab? I mean, that's obvious, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's like pretty much what I said. I said, well, you know, I, I think they did the right thing by going to look other places. And if Mike is the best candidate, then they should pick Mike. And obviously they did. So uh, I'm happy for Mike. I've known him for a long time. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he brings a lot of energy. And hopefully he gets a few more good assistants and they can kind of lock down the state of Illinois and keep a lot of guys there. So they, he said on the Bader show yesterday that Hunter, Jeremy Hunter is staying and he's working yeah. on another big assistant. Um so we'll see who that winds up being. They actually were, were talking about locking down Illinois. They just um, got a commitment last night um, from Cannon Webster. Um, he's tough. He is tough. He's really tough. Um, I cool was name. A little surprised. Very cool name. Um, he, he is a class of 2023, but um, we, we've seen how some of these early commitments do. But it feels a little different when they're in-state kids. Um, and yeah. I don't know. When you, when you know, you know, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I believe he trains out of the RTC there. I think he's yes, he does too. Okay, Zane Richards and was in his it, corner. He had a t- he had a yeah. crazy match against Mason Gibson. Yes, Mason Gibson. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was winning Definitely. late, and he got sucked back for four. The rare freestyle suck back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would not have called that. I mean, well, it was just kind of out of desperation. He knew if he got taken down, he was going to lose. Kind of out of desperation. That was weird. They called that four because you know he. He was on his knees and he was reaching back and he got pulled back at the, you know, at that point it's whatever, right? You lose if it's two or four, who cares? But I thought it was two very clearly. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, so Kane and Webster going to Illinois, and uh, yeah, it's 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 just good to see that energy injected into the Illinois wrestling program. So that's good. And um, other news dumps gas tank Gary to Oregon State. I don't know if I mentioned that on the show previously. That's where I thought he'd go. But that's where he went. Good for him. And Andrew mm-hmm. McNally to Wisconsin. Any thoughts there, uh, guys? Uh, I, I liked, uh, I believe it was Nate Engel's tweet with, uh, uh, you know, they can't say the name or whatever, but he had the person pouring, I believe, some type of fuel on the fire. Yes. Yes. A yes. Gas, from a gas tank. But it wasn't, but, I don't think it was actually a gas tank. I think it was one of those like squeezy bottles with uh, kerosene in it or something. Well, it looked like a red, uh, I mean, it wasn't. I'll have, to go, I'll have to look at the tweet again. Pull it up. <laughs> yeah, pull it up. It looks like one of those red classic ones that you fill up your lawnmower with. It was? Okay. Maybe I'm, misrem- I'm misremembering then, obviously. Well, but, maybe I am. Uh, very, creative, very creative, Nate Angle. Good job. Yeah, they love the gifts at uh, Oregon State. Um, so it's oh, it's interesting right, what um Oregon State's doing. This is their their third transfer pickup in the portal, um, f- from a former NCAA qualifier. They got Gaston Gary, got Tanner Harvey from American, um, who I believe is an Oregon native originally, and then um they go out and get Corey Crooks, um, from Arizona Ooh, State. Nice yeah, who qualified and uh, is a grad transfer. It's funny, <laughs> uh. And then Arizona State replaces Crooks with Parco. Right. So. Parco, Parco went to, to Parco, Oregon State. Yeah, Parco could go down to 41. I mean, he wrestled there part of the season until the end of the year when he bumped up. But um, <laughs> That was weird. 
So Oregon State definitely big winners of the portal right now, and then Wisconsin, uh, they lose a seventy four pounder to the portal, and arguably get better at the weight um, with McNally, who was a top ten guy going to start the season. Top ten guy was in the blood round. Um, so nice he was pickup. in the blood round. Who did he lose to the blood round? I can't remember. Turley. He lost to his two oh, losses yeah. to NCAA's were uh, Strachi and Turley. Mm. Got it. Yeah, so, hey, t- tell me more about the Joe Rouse situation because I uh, I heard a few things about this. But me too. Take this. So I I obviously everyone has seen that we can't show the video uh, or we will go to prison. <laughs> but uh, if you you can, if you have Peacock or whatever you can you can go back and scrub through and find the match. But basically, uh, it's been you know debated the the officiating for that match where Joe Rouse has a pretty obvious. Head pinch, a head pinch I saw used all weekend long by uh, cadets and U15s. It, it gets kind of inexplicably stopped uh, for reasons I, I don't really understand. It looked to be very. Um, well, and they allowed one of the head pinches to go through for four. Yeah. And he comes up and he tries to hit it again and the ref stops it. And there's other kind of weird moments where the ref's talking. Can we show to a Joe. picture of it potentially? Um. Yeah, if we legal? have, I don't know if we have one handy, but we can um, show a picture. Yeah, hang um, on, I'll try to find one. I don't okay. know. If... Bracky's into well, because there there is this trend. So obviously, I was at open. I didn't really watch it in Greco trials, but I was I was uh, seeing quite a few. Actually, we had literally just went over practice last night. The going deep on the neck and then to to the armpit, um, it was not popular for a very long time, and I, I saw it so many times as beginning. Like I'm kind of shocked it's gaining in popularity. And I, I think the Why? reason, at least in my what? Why are you shocked it's gain, it's getting or that it's gaining popularity? Because it's dog crap. It's not good. It's not a good move. Oh. Yeah. So, but obviously, if anything, if people forget how to defend it, all of a sudden it works again. Like my kids, I'm like, how do you not remember a short drag? You guys all know short drag. They're giving you a freaking short drag. And like one kid, uh, Grayson Clark, who wrestles for us, he was torching dudes. I, he did like. Three short drags, one of them to a trap arm to win a match, I believe. Um, so when you do it, but okay, so when you do the front headlock like that, specifically in Greco, if you can get the right positioning, the guy can't obviously can't grab your leg or anything, mm-hmm. and you can totally pass them out, which did happen in yes, it did one f- freestyle match, and I was yelling like, okay, this guy's unconscious, and the referee can't see it, and the guy's letting three more rolls happen. And it's like, no, 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 the kid's unconscious. Can you stop this? Like, I don't want you to see an unconscious child rolling around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, but is there any doubt that it's a legal Greco move? Um, is, is So, well, you, you obviously can't make a guy go unconscious. That would be illegal and the match should be stopped. Um, I would have to read the wording of the, I, I, but as we know, the, the FILA rule book, we've tried to read it before. It's very, very, very vague. Okay, yeah, so yep, this is the exact thing that I was thinking uh, you just sent to me here. Um, where they're going deep on the neck to the armpit and they're locking and they're like sitting, they're, they're sitting and they're cinching it down. Now, they're allowing, to, to your argument, they are allowing it most of the time, um, which means I don't know why it was stopped in this specific instance, but that is absolutely a time where you can put someone unconscious. And even worse, some of the guys, like one of the kids, uh, Sinclair, who made the Greco team, he was saying, go here and lock it like this, which, Christian, you're a white belt. You know that's a jiu-jitsu choke. 
Like, that's how I, you put people to sleep. He's like, no, I did this only three matches. I'm like, listen, I don't care if you did it or not. It, it, if it is legal, it shouldn't be legal because that's how you put people to sleep. Throw that darts choke on him. Uh, yeah, yes. that's that's not legal. Um, so, you know, learning more about this, what I didn't know. So, you you see the the what happens on the mat, and you're like, well, that's sort of strange. They stopped it. It's kind of weird that the ref is like putting his hands on Joe. It's sort of weird that the ref is demonstrably yelling at Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of strange. But what I didn't know is that oh. before the match even started. The uh, Joe Rouse coaches did not – they tried to get the uh, an officiating change. They did not want any uh, – they did not want those refs on the mat because they thought there was a bias there. And they were basically told there's no precedent, there's no mechanism for, for removing this official. And then, you know, ironic – I don't know, ironically or I don't know if uh, prophetically that – it rears itself in basically the worst way possible for for Joe Rao with him stopping his his holds so, and, and uh, giving him points. Were the Illinois coaches open to saying what the issue with that specific referee and Joe Rao is? Yeah, let's see what referee it is. They were. I don't. I don't know if I want to get into that part. Uh, but well, isn't that had... isn't that the crux of the argument? Yeah. Oh man, I actually really like this referee. Yeah, he's like he's called. He's good. Uh, it's the guy from yeah. Ohio, correct? Yeah, he knows the rules. I don't know where he's from, but he's yes. yes. He called. He has called the biggest matches routinely. So it's he's one of my favorite referees, actually. I'm gonna tell you. You have his trading card. <laughs> you have his. <laughs> you have his NFT. <laughs> ben liked that one. one. I'm proud of myself. Is there good, a, is there a non fungible token of this ref? <laughs> it should be. Now you're just taking. I think he. I think he's one of the best. I think he. I think he's great. Um, I, I wish you could say on air what the issue was. We should kind of get into this because this is. Um, there was a lot of tweeting, especially by Daniel Cormier, who he happens to have a large following. A lot of people know who he is about the <laughs> refereeing in the Dells. And Daniel is just getting into this game of you know coaching youth and high school wrestling. The the refereeing was as the refereeing always is this weekend. I I didn't really notice any difference whatsoever. Um, and until USA Wrestling, which I think this is impossible, until USA Wrestling economically incentivizes guys to the point where they can, they really, really, really want to be there and they don't want to mess up, um, and they give us coaches a way to kind of grade them, it, it's going to be the way it is. And that's really all there is to it, which is, you know, it was pretty good. There was a yeah. few bad calls and a few referees who aren't that experienced, and that's what you're going to get. Yeah, I I thought the same. Nothing stood out to me in a way where I was like, oh, man, this is out of control bad. You've got a lot of matches, a lot of kids, a lot of refs, and, you know, in a sport that's sort of pretty difficult to officiate, I think it's I think it's unquestionably harder. In my opinion, I think it's harder to officiate than, than folk style. So, oh, way harder. Way harder. Okay, so with with that, you know, it's it's hard, and... There's varying experience levels, and um, you, you'll get some calls. That's why they have the two out of three. I sure there's some bad calls, but that's in every tournament ever. It's just part of it. I yeah. didn't think I didn't think anything in particular stood out. I think sometimes coaches get frustrated when they feel like they can't talk to the refs or like that. That is frustrating. Yes. Yeah, they can't ask a question or they they're gonna get hit with a yellow card, which I do understand. But I also understand like. You can't have an open dialogue with these guys anytime you want. 
Yeah. So I, I do actually, I, I sure. kind of really love the fact that now they don't let you talk to them at all unless you throw a brick. But that being said, when you do throw the brick, you should be able to go say, here is very specifically what I want you to look at because I think you missed this. Not just like, you you know, they, they let you say like three words and that's well, it. Well, that's, so, uh, that's what they were doing. That's what they were doing. That's what I observed because I was sitting at the table for all the reviews. And they're like, what are you challenging, coach? And he's like, I'm challenging the exposure at this thing or whatever. That is yeah. not what so, I observed. Oh, That's not what I observed either. So it would be like, what are you challenging? And you would say, well, here's what I think happened on that double leg finish or something to that effect. But no, no, no. What are you challenging? Uh, the four point call. Okay. Go sit down and look at it. Yeah. You know, something to that effect. That's kind the of what I experienced. Table I was on the majority of the tournament. It was, they throw the brick. The coach starts to come to, to the table to tell them what they're challenging. And then the officials like, I got it, coach. We're going to look at it. And they don't even yes, finish what they're yes. saying. Go back to yeah. the corner. And, and, Man, I know, I know, uh, and this is, I saw someone bitching about David Taylor being in the corner. Um, and, but people who don't understand wrestling as well just have to, they have to live with this. They're like, well, David Taylor always gets the calls. It's like, David Taylor understands wrestling to, to an extent that very, very few people in this world does. <laughs> I, and he understands exactly <laughs> the way the bodies are moving, exactly at the moment they're moving there, and why they're moving, and how they're moving, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, he is going to have a better idea when he challenges something. Then, I mean, like, I could tell you in the semifinals, one of my guys was wrestling, and he was in rear standing, and he stepped in through the guy. And it was either two or four because the guy almost didn't expose. But this idiot corner was yelling, it's four for the other guy because he reached down and grabbed his leg while he was getting thrown in rear standing. And it was yeah. like, yeah, you're never going to win a challenge because you literally don't understand what's happening on the mat right now. Like, you literally have no idea what's going on. Also, look, I mean, look at the program David Taylor comes from. They know exactly when to challenge. Yes. They're the best at it. Yeah. It's not even in yeah. folk style. They're the best at it. I, we were we were talking to David before day two started. He was talking about a scenario in another match. He's like, but he's he's like, I didn't agree with the call, but we're never going to win that challenge. Like he yes. knew it wasn't yeah. worth throwing the brick then, and then he smartly threw it in the Sealy Haynes semifinal, um, and got the. In my opinion, it was the right call. I thought it was a step out. I know. Um, yeah. Sealy's fans weren't too happy about it and just blamed Taylor being in the corner for it. Um, but they Silly. they know when to throw the brick. Penn State's the best at it, even in folk yes. style. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, sure. I think it's um, – well, on the one hand, it is probably true that in general in sports, the bigger names, they can get calls. But I, th I thought it was completely misapplied, revisionist, like, logic with, with David in the corner. And I, I – I thought uh, I didn't see any example of David or any high-profile coaches getting getting calls. And also, what are those people implying? Where they they don't want David to be in the corner? Well, what are you what are you suggesting there? Yeah. And also, I've seen the opposite where I, I would say I feel like the opposite happens with me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I well, try to not. I try to. Uh, listen, I am I am so out, especially since the mask mandate came in. Oh, I got a mask here, and you're like. Hey, hey, referee, try to yell across the mat with your mask on and they can't hear what the hell you're talking about. I'm just like, I, I ain't saying nothing. I'm not saying a damn thing. There was one time this weekend after a match where I went up and said, please tell me what you saw because I think you – and so it was like it was a double-edged chest wrap situation, which this is a situation that over the course of years they drastically differ on. Like I don't know if you guys remember two years ago, 
no matter what the double leg guy did, he was getting points, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I want to know what you guys are thinking so I know how to coach. Because that year, for example, it's like, we are not doing chest wraps, period. Nobody's going to try a chest wrap because the double leg guy is getting points, for example. So yes. it's just more like, what are you guys What are you guys calling here? Because I didn't see it that way. I know what I saw. And uh, please tell me how you guys are going to call it because I want to coach appropriately. Yes, and I think that's that should be a fair question to ask. Yeah, and so I I um yeah, I think as you know there's haters that just don't want to see a guy. I thought it was awesome. I mean, David Taylor coached, I didn't realize this. He coached at the Ultimate Duels. Then he went to Olympic last training camp. Yep. Last weekend, and then he went to Olympic training yep. camp, and then he went to Cadet Trials. Like he's yep. um he's he's really dedicated to this, and I I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, he loves it. I mean, that's the same thing, Daniel yeah. Cormier, right? He's got he's got enough money where he doesn't need to do this, but it's like it's kind of like, it's kind of addicting. Like uh, usually, I take Monday nights off, and I was really fired up after this weekend, and uh, I'm and I went in and ran tracks. We had a bunch of sh- stuff I wanted to go over. My wife's like, "You should go to practice on Monday." I'm like, "I'm, I'm going." She's like, "You need to have one enough list." I'm like, "Listen, honey, I, I need to go to practice tonight. Cause we got all this stuff. I need we need to work on." You know, um, so it's like, man, when you get in here, it's kind of addicting. You you love it. And you want to be there all the time. It was funny, people, when Cormier was tweeting, people were like, dude, you got fights to get ready for tonight. And he's like, no, don't worry about that later. I'm dealing with this right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't yes, exactly. yeah, what are you worried about Daniel Cormier's preparation? You think he's not prepared? The guy's like, he's a world-class at whatever he does. Um, yes. But it is cool to see, you know, that level of investment. and um, Watching uh, Cormier's... Kalab is coming. Drawn when was their coach, and they're yep. they're going to be really tough in in a couple of years. I mean, they're tough now, mm-hmm. but they're certainly on the on the ascent. Absolutely. Okay, I forget where. We, oh, what did you observe from? Oh, so you you uh you watch cadets, and you're like, okay, we got to work on some stuff. What were the things you saw that you're like, we got to get better here? I can't tell all the secrets. No, I'm not. I'm not even oh. talking about it. Oh. <laughs> Okay, you're, you're totally uh, you're Kale in this one. Oh, why won't Kale get? Well, there's one th- there's one thing that I saw that was like, oh wow, this, this is what's happening. We're, yeah, we're gonna spend a lot more time there. I ain't gonna tell you what that is. Um, That's what's garbage. the point of having That's you? Garbage. You're fired. You what are you doing? Oh, tell well. us. I'll tell you. Listen, I want my guys to win. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give an advantage by telling the whole country what I think. We're oh my god! Oh yeah, um, you say this one little thing. There it goes. Listen, yeah. Okay, it will. It will be because if people if people aren't watching right now and realizing, um, and I watched the trials and it wasn't as obvious to me, and then I watched it this weekend. I'm like, oh okay. Um, but from from a technical standpoint, um, the front headlock thing, we worked on that because our kids weren't we, – we, we yelled them they go that arm deep. So we weren't ready to hit the short drags. Um, so we worked on that, worked on some single leg finishing because the freestyle, the folk style transition, there's obviously some significant differences in freestyle, the folk style finishing on a single leg, specifically up the middle because a lot of our guys like going there. And in folk style, we get to go to the answer position. In freestyle, that's crap. We don't really want to go there. We want to more attack back, um, make them take their hands off of us. And uh, then we worked on – um, some gut wrench stuff, man. But you're not giving us the the one thing, uh, the juiciest I thing. I will not. Honestly, I think it says a lot about you as a coach if you could just say one thing and then you, <laughs> you could, your guys you, are done. You, you know could help. I mean? they, they're figured out. Yeah, I do. Th- I mean, the, the well, it's, idea. It's not, it's not like they're. It's not like they're figured out. It's like um, it can can my guys have uh, an advantage, which may may at some point win them a big match. 
yeah, I want them to have that advantage, and I don't want every other coach to hear exactly what I'm thinking. And if the coaches are smart enough, they're seeing the same thing I'm seeing, so maybe they're working on it. But, you know, there's a lot of coaches who, who are lazy and may not be seeing this. And they're going to listen to the one thing you're working on at FRL, and they're going to be able to teach it and coach it and get their kids doing it well? It sounds it's like not, you're cheating, kind of. Shut up, Holly. Holly, Dogecoin <laughs> crashed. You're poor again. Do what? I said Dogecoin crashed. You're poor again. <laughs> That's messed up, man. man. Like that was cold. I was throwing out a little bit of Ben when you're the rich trolls. When you're the richest guy from my pockets, it's like, one thing when you're damn. one of the guys and yeah. it's like, hey, Mister <laughs> New Laptop Ben buying new stump grinders with his big old paycheck. I don't, and I don't know a no, stump grinder. I'm out here looking like a fool, and you're and you're and you're dancing on my on my financial grave right now. <laughs> He, uh, he is dancing on your financial grave. Tap dancing. Man. Buy Ollie one Bitcoin. Uh, give me a Bitcoin, give me, give me Bitcoin. Dave Portnoy bought, bought one Bitcoin finally. Just one. I saw it. Understands Dave. And he said he's holding on to it forever. Wow. So what, okay, what is, all right, before we get back in, what's the point of holding on to it forever? Then it's nothing. No, then you're, then it's billions. But when do you yeah, long, at long some term point? Financial, I mean, all all investments do better when you leave them in there for a long time, Christian. These guys that think they're ex expert traders are morons because there's no way they're smart enough to time the market on a very regular basis. They might get lucky a couple of times, but they're not, they're not getting lucky forever. Man, I <laughs> all right. Last thing, and I'll move on. But <laughs> this, you know, these gambling sites anymore, they pay you back in in Bitcoin. And a couple years ago, I Beautiful. won. I don't know how much it was dollar. It was like. Eight or nine hundred dollars I got out, and it ended up being 0. 0.22 bitcoins. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I put, but I, like it went up a couple hundred bucks. I was like, "What's happening?" And I was like, "All right, I'm taking this out now." So it was like I cashed out at like twelve hundred bucks. When now it's worth like twelve thousand. So that made yeah. me want to. You know, what Michael Saylor famously said on my show, Christian. He said, "He said, you know, some people they're gonna think they're a genius because." They bought Bitcoin at 0 0.019 million and they cashed out at 0 0.027 million. No one's going to give a damn because there's not even anything in the tenths column. Oh. Did you get that? Yeah. Oh, saying, bomb drop. We he's don't saying know what that means. It's going to be worth millions of dollars at some point. And the difference between 19000 and 27000 is going to be relatively irrelevant when it gets to millions. Well. We'll see if it happens. Let's talk about wrestling. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it. Hey, listen. No, hey, I'm a, can I make one announcement before we go back to wrestling? That all started I when you call, danced on Ollie's financial yeah. grade. Yeah, and I'll be waiting for my Bitcoin I'm... in an envelope in the mail. I think that's how it works. <laughs> I moved my uh, Funky Crypto podcast to noon today on Twitter, so just go to my Twitter. We have a good guest. Amanda Cerny is our guest. We're talking about Bitcoin. So I will stop on this show talking about Bitcoin. I apologize. But noon yeah, just to Twitter, plug your other I'll one. I'll talk about it some more. <laughs> We see what yeah. you're doing here, Ben. You can do it, Ali. You can tune in, and I'll tell you sell that effing Dogecoin to buy something that's good. Only if you say, only if you give me a personal shout out. Okay, I will. You're, oh <laughs> no way! <laughs> give me your number, and I'll text you while you're on the show. Oh my gosh, that's that's. Funny. All right. Um, other news dumps. Jordan Burroughs officially to 79. I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I'm to 79. I feel like 79 is going to be like what 74 was. And everyone's gonna be mm -hmm. like, "Okay, Dake's gonna be here meddling, so why don't I just go up and then come back down when the time's right?" But for right now, let's just be 79 kilograms and eat and feel strong. And uh, my question is, who else enters the 79 party? I feel like Ringer has been speculated. 
kind of widely. I'm curious. Really? I thought he got big, big. Me too. I think he's big, big. But then I kept yeah. hearing people kept kept saying, "Yeah, no, he's gonna. Is he coming down? He's coming down." So I don't know if he is. But he should go he, to 202. Well, shoot, I guess Jane's coming to 202 probably. 202. 202. That's 90. That's 92 or 203. I don't know. 92 well, kg. I'm not getting into the to the uh, you know the kilograms to pounds. Here. It's not about the conversion. It's about up more. Like 86 is well. 86. He's not gonna be able to wrestle off for 86. Yeah, true. Um, I think he should come down. Um, personally, I mean, I think you know, but we know guys like Mark Hall are not coming down. He's he said on uh, on our uh, watch well, Mark party. Hall's going 202. No, he's staying 86. But there's no 86 wrestle-off. David Taylor's going to get a medal. Yeah, I know. So maybe he goes, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. So Some of these guys that have Olympic weight aspirations may have to punt for half a year or a year. Yeah, 2022. Yes. So 79 kilograms could be really interesting. A guy like Zahid, I feel like he's going to stay up. Um, I don't see... I mean, I think Bo Nichols probably gone. I'm just thinking of like the top 86s who can move. Um, PD3 could never make it uh, 70 at 79. Um, you don't think he can make it anymore? He still doesn't look that big to me. He for sure could. He for sure could. Uh, I just don't know if he will do that. I think he should. Man, I, I, so I feel like okay, the the trials for 2022 aren't going to be till uh, somewhere around May of next year, right? So we're talking. Right now, from now, 13 calendar months. By the time you wrestle in the Worlds, it's still going to be seven to eight months away. You got the opportunity to wrestle for, you know, for a world championship. I don't see why you, you know, if you're Zahid, you could make the team. You could, I mean, right, Jordan Burroughs beat you, but it wasn't crazy. Like, you could potentially beat him and IMR and make the team. Why wouldn't you do that? I think he should. I think he absolutely should. And also, the fact that trials and worlds are like a month apart. So now we're only talking yeah. about a month apart. A month you have to be small. It's not like, okay, I yes. make the team in May and then I'm holding it till September. No, it's September, October. Weigh 174 and then, then be big again. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, maybe we can find out. Um, I think he should as well. Um, yeah. Be interesting. And man, 79 would be freaking fire. But Burroughs to 79 makes all the sense in the world. One, I think he's I think yes. he's outgrown 74. I mean, he can beat I think he can beat everyone else at 74, but I don't know if he can beat day of, two days weigh-ins. Yes. 74. I just I just don't think he can do that anymore. Um and beat and beat Dake, right? I think he can beat everyone yeah. else. I don't know if he can beat that guy. Um we also in seventy four kilogram news. What's this guy? The Slovakian. He's just beating everyone. Oh yeah. He beat Chimizo and, and uh, Zamalov at uh, at Euros, but like a week ago, or two weeks ago, he he lost at the the qualifier. So there's another standout from from Slovakia. Um, um, is he actually Slovakian or is he no. Russian? No, nah, Russian. Transfer. He's Russian transfer. Osedian, Who I is believe. It? I'm trying to find. I can't his remember name his right name. Now. It's super Russian. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of hard to say. I think it begins with an S. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. I shouldn't even have brought up the... Drago? Without all the facts. It was Drago. Yes. Okay. Why don't we get to... Um, Salkanov? Salkanazanov? Salkanazanov. Salkanazanov. From Slovakia. So and many S's I think JD told me the um, a coach from Ossetia got the Slovakian coaching job and uh, brought some Ossetians with him. And this is one of the guys. And yeah, he... 
just went on a run at, at uh, Euros. He's real deal? Real deal. Nice. So I nice. think 79 is definitely uh, being considered by Zahid. Um, really? Based on some very recent correspondence I just had. Really? Really. All right. So what do you say, mean like someone texted you in the last 60 seconds? Yes. Well, we want names. No. <laughs> you don't get names. What yeah, is this? The secret show? Listen, I'm giving you Ben's the secret. Secrets. I'm giving You're you the secret. Hold on. My secret, I'm giving you the actual part of the secret. You're just you just want to know the gossip. You want Secret know... secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt everyone. Yes. Well, Ben, <laughs> only one of us is hurting kids Lee, by not Lee, giving wrestling Lee moves. Pritz. I think it was Lee Pritz. It's not Lee Pritz. Um no more guesses. I will confirm or deny any more guesses. Um, I think it was Ru- Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, uh, they had a pretty uh, salty U15 guy. Yeah, from Monster I like I like this guy Slater Hicks. That's an awesome name. Oh, was he like 50 or something? No, he's, he's like small? 38 kilos. 38 kilos. He's like Aussie oh. size. Him and I'll tell you what. Those 38 I, kilos. These guys aren't old enough. I want birth certificates. I looked at some of these guys. And I said, 15. Come on, bro. Hey, 15. 15 you, 15 and under. Yeah. So how um, low can you be? I don't know. Wait, him Three? And, how much him, is Him, uh, Slater kilos? Hicks, and Gray Burnett. Go go watch their best of oh, three. Oh, Gray was t- – I saw Gray Burnett wrestle. He's tiny. Yeah. No, they're they're both tiny, but the technique and the hand fighting they have is absolutely insane. Heavyweight style hand fighting? <laughs> is there details? No. No details? No, good I don't want to see it. No, good hand fighting. No, no. That's not real hand fighting. <laughs> it's little kids smacking each other. It's not hand fighting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's little kids with... There's no details. Slater, Slater would smack you around. What? Oh. No. I mean, if it's just a 30-second hand fight go, I'll, I could go with anybody in the world. He'd be... A- <laughs> <laughs> if it's just a 30 second hand fight go no anyone in the world anyone in the world bring it all right we need can, can, can we do this room. can we do that at a at a ff uh low event just put him in there and say, i'll be uh, at senior next who wants it? i hope adam coon enters <laughs> adam coon there we adam go. coon will double under you and throw it by immediately that's, that's not hand fighting that's not hand fighting that's a move christian Please yeah it's a move under hooks are hand yeah. are hand fighting yeah, you can't use to do a throw by is a yeah, move. You can't, yeah, you can't. Yeah, sound. Oh, he will, yeah. He will I can make, tell this guy hasn't spent a lot of the time in details of hand fighting, you know? I would mop the mat with this guy. The Ollie, and we, Kuhn is next. Adam Kuhn's next. Boom, boom, bow. People can't handle it. You can't reach his collar. What yeah. are you talking about? You're not going to be able to reach it. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. But it's all about. But how tall are you, Ollie? I thought you were you. a heavyweight. What? He's short. How He's tall are you? Well, I'm not short. I'm average. What are you doing here? I'm just. I'm the same height as CP. You would be the shortest heavyweight at the NC2A tournament. Yes, I'm a hundred. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm not a heavyweight head. anymore. I know. But if you were, <laughs> just because I hand fight like one. If you were, I'm sweating right now. You're getting me jammed up. <laughs> I got a new shirt. I'm gonna have pit stains when I go to my next meeting. <laughs> That's on you. Um, That's on you because you turned the air off. I did because I didn't want the blower. I wanted to turn up the heat and the intensity. In oh this room. my gosh! Trying to simulate the uh, the wrestling room. Okay. These freaking cadets. They're uh, here's some here's the like the biggest standouts in my in my mind. I'm curious for uh, Ben's opinion. But the guys I'm okay. like these guys were real separators. I think these are they looked awesome. separators. They just really they stood out a little bit more. The other guys are really good, but these guys Meyer Shapiro, Bo He's Bassett. Good. Obviously, he's good. James Rowley 
and Gavin Nelson. Those were the four for me where I was like, these guys are way, way, way um, – they look super high level. Now, a lot of the guys were, were awesome. But that's who just stood out the most to me. What, what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, uh, man, uh, all, all of those guys, yeah, they're very good. I'm going to find the results, see if there's anyone else that um, I, I really like. Meyer Shapiro was probably the biggest standout yes. to me, I would say. I didn't know much about him. He was really physical. Um, oh, you know who's really good? Big Jim Mullen. Oh, well, Big Jim. Oh, yeah, Big Jim's a star. <laughs> He's a star. I, large Jim, CP good. was mixing it up in there, changing up the nickname styles. I like it, and it, it, was, it was fun. Do we we didn't get to that's the ultimate news is so we did the show what? Thursday and we talked about Jim and we said you know that no Wednesday that, we didn't do a show Thursday oh Wednesday um, details yes. Ben and we're like hey we know this guy's like you know he's gonna have kids he's gonna be big Jim and all this stuff and all that was true so he hit us up on on Instagram and then we met him and we talked to him he's like yeah we he was like literally the first person we saw off the plane and in, in Wisconsin when we yeah, got to Madison right. so cool and he he shook all our hands and his hand just swallowed my hand yeah he's massive yeah. I got I gotta work so him, him and he's his the boy, he actually big Jim helped me his buddy PJ Castle was harassing me um you know and I had, I had to snap down and choke him a little bit and, and let him know like you know you're big and strong but you're still a 16 year old kid and I, <laughs> what was he doing you know if i want to he like came and bugged me and just kept talking well, he's kind of funny i kind of i kind of like him right but i was trying to coach also so i was like doing work trying to do work and he wouldn't stop talking and then he wanted to wrestle with me a little bit and then i had and then big jim came out i said big jim like i i don't know who this guy is he's big <laughs> and strong looking seems like a nice guy but he's got i'm trying to coach he's got to leave me alone big jim took care of him <laughs> Whoa, Big Jim the bouncer. Big Jim handled that. Yeah. Big wow. Jim he the bouncer. Him. Bounced him out. You're out, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I talked with Jim about, hey, what do you have you thought much at all what you're going to do collegiately, college or, or wrestling or football? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I haven't decided yet. I love wrestling. I love football. His football team is super good. He's really good. So he's hmm. already got a, um, a full ride offer from Rutgers for football. So I'm afraid – because this season or this summer, recruiting is back open. Camps are back open, which is where a lot of these football coaches get oh, to see guys. And I'm afraid this, this camp system this summer is going to get him a bunch he's of gonna offers. He's going to get so much bigger. He's really athletic. I mean, he could really move. Yes. Uh, so he's, he made both teams. He and Bo Bassett um, bookends mm -hmm. both made the Greco and freestyle world teams. Um, did he mm -hmm. ask about me? He did not ask about <sighs> you. Um, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, but no, cool guy. Um, he's the third. He is Jim Mullen the third. Yeah, it was funny. Somebody in the right. comments, because I did like Big Jim does it again, or one of those, I used Big Jim in one of the copies, and they were like, well, he's really Little Jim because his dad's Big Jim. That's correct. Huh. His dad's Big but Jim. But in the wrestling um, world, he's Big, Jim. he's Big Jim. He's Big Jim. Yeah. I don't know any Jim's bigger than him in the wrestling world right now. No. There's none. <laughs> Name one, Ben. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to comment on the wrestling. I'm done on nicknames. Um, okay. So one of the things I'm thinking, you, you know, you said the guys that stood out, Christian, um, and one of the things that it's been two years since we had this tournament. One of the things that kind of stands out to me as I'm looking through the results is like I'm seeing guys in fifth and seventh place where I, you know, I remember watching them thinking, damn, they're they're really really high level, um, and just how deep this tournament is. Um, 
So, you know, like Cannon Webster, that that whole bracket, Cannon yeah. Webster, Mason Gibson, Kale Hughes. The Cowboy Wrestling Club's got a bunch of good dudes. Um, so, you know, Ferrari's obviously moved in. They're there. Uh, I can't remember who else there was. There's a few other good kids from Cowboy Wrestling Club. That uh, 71 KG with, so it was, I was one of our guys, and then Josh Barr and Shaw Taylor. Um, Gabe Arnold, all the way down in seventh place. That I can't say the kid's name. The Tate kid from Iowa. He won He won juniors. Dr. Boren. Uh, folk style. Yep, uh, he's he's really good. I mean, just like really good guys, kind of all the way deep through the weight classes. Yeah, no doubt, very that deep weights. Yeah, it makes makes tons of sense. Uh, so uh, Jude, were... Jude Swisher is another one that was really good. He's a, he was the fifth place. Big shout, Jude Swisher. Heck yeah, longtime uh, FRL listener, home at advantage. Him and Sam Herring were there mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah, um, what? Yeah, when when Shapiro beat him so soundly, it was. It was sort of alarming because I thought it was going to be pretty close. And he, yeah, Shapiro just has a, in addition to being like pretty technical, he's got, had a real, he had a lot more horsepower than maybe you look when you eyeball yes. him. And, for, and really his final match, you know, Jaden Skellinger made the cadet or uh, the, the Greco team, really good hand fighter, mm-hmm. Ivanov guy, just like, and Shapiro was like throwing him by, pancaking him with underhooks, just like positions yes. you would feel. Scalinger would have an advantage or at least be even. And, uh, yeah, so I think Shapiro's going to be a real star. The Levi Haynes, uh, Aiden Riggins series was amazing. Riggins, I think, is someone that, I mean, he has crazy upside. I mean, he has a lot of offense. And um, Haynes just had a little bit more, and it was a little bit better in the scrambles and was able to win that best of three. Can't imagine why he's good at scrambling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in some uh, of those scrambles, you're like, that just looked like a David Taylor yeah. type of scramble with Haynes. Um, he was he was super tough. And the other great best of three, Brock Bobzine, who I did not know. Oh, that was a good one. I'm going to end this, versus Bo Mantanona. Bo Man. Bo Man. Bo Man. Bo Montana, as I call him sometimes. This was a crazy one because Bowman was getting kind of destroyed, and then he just bottom leg yeah. hit, cradled him and pinned him in match that one. That first one, yeah, I was watching. The first one was so weird because, yeah, Bob Zing was up big, but he very easily could have turned the other direction when he was on his back, and Max and I both were like, wait, what just happened? It was, it was almost like he was losing 8-2 to t- eight to two and just said, ah, I'm, I'm just done. I'm going to lay here because, you know, the one way he was stuck, but he could have very easily went the other direction and been fine and off his back. Uh, that was that was a really strange sequence. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was that he couldn't fight out of it, but it's, it did not seem like he would get pinned from there. And, you know, I mean, that was a story for Bowman all weekend. He was losing in the quarters by like six or seven cradle pin. He was uh, he was losing on the semifinals. His I called. He had to get a takedown in the final twenty seconds. He went and got it, and he, he comes from behind multiple times against Bob Zine, right? Yes, he does. Um, yeah. And yeah. Their second match, Bob Zine won, and the third match, Bowman. I think I'm remembering this right. It was first match was Bowman, second was Brock, mm-hmm. and then Bow won the third and final. It's like twelve eleven. The third one was yeah, too. It was so crazy. <laughs> fun matches. A lot of fun matches. The Haynes Riggins one was was really fun. That was a tough one. Uh, you know, seeing Riggins off the mat, he was real. He was pretty upset. But man, that kid is. I I, I really like him. And another guy. Um, I mean, this is this was a name kind of known going in. It was uh, Nate Jessaroga who took out Mark Anthony McGowan in a crazy one. I'm kind of crazy. Like, uh, you know, it looked like it was going to be McGowan, and then the pace. What, what's interesting is four-minute matches, you don't think pace is going to matter much, but Jess Rogan mm-hmm. made it matter, I feel. 
Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, four, four, I I feel like four minutes is so fast, but you, you are right. Definitely, I think it was an effect in that match, and there was a few other matches, but not 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 a ton. But if you really tried, it was there. You know what I hated the most about the four minute matches is, oh. and this didn't happen that much oh. because points are going up. But the immediate stoppage at 30 seconds yeah. for, to, so to warn someone, and then you stop someone. Like, how many times someone got hit for passivity while someone was on a leg? Yes. They should the, – and I think the easiest way to, to stop it is just go verbal warning. Don't stop the action. Red, you're warned, but don't blow it dead. Allow the rest – because with only four minutes, there's just not a lot of time. In 30 yes. seconds, someone has to be – Someone has to have scored, or they're gonna they're gonna keep it moving. And I don't. That's not the official's fault. It's very clear. By thirty seconds, they need to warn someone, and by a minute, someone needs to be on I the. I mean, clock. I saw. Yeah, I had so action dumb. stopped at the minute mark, like when guys were in on legs and stuff, and it was crazy. Like the guy had already been warned for passive, is in on the leg trying to work for a finish, and we stop it and then put him on the shot clock while he's in on a shot. Yeah. So I didn't like that. I I would. I think there's little tweaks. One, I think. You could just make these six-minute matches, and I think that'd be fine. I don't understand why they're they're four minutes. Um, yes. Two. They're seventeen-year-olds, for God's sakes. My my gracious. Um, I mean, there's there's. They're already wrestling six-minute yeah, matches. Yeah, they high school six, matches. Their high minutes. school matches yeah. are six minutes yeah. long. I don't understand why they're like. Yeah. yeah and USA could edit six minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I don't understand. It's a UWW thing. I think they could, they could look into it and maybe make that change. But Jessaroga. Uh, wins there, and then Aiden Valencia. You know, I uh, going into the finals, it kind of looked like, oh, Jessaroga should run away with this. Valencia is is was really tough, and I thought he gave Jessaroga two really tough matches. He even moved up in weight because uh, he made the Greco team, and then was like, I'm gonna move up in weight. I didn't expect him to make the finals after he moved up, um, but yeah, he he he's awesome. He's really good. Man. Someone asked about a question about Bo Bassett and. Um, is there any precedent for someone? Um, let me see if I can find the exact verbiage. Um, where does Bo Bassett rank historically in terms of accomplishments and expectations at this age? And I think the keyword there is expectations. And man, it's it's crazy for a seventh grader to have this much hype at this point in time. Um, Wait, he's a seventh grader. How's he old enough then? I don't know. I mean, I. I assume at some point he was. That would mean that would be a double holdback situation because that means that means he would do both of his USA wrestling cadet years prior to high school. Uh, maybe, or right? he's, or he could be a year young for it and go in entering. Right? I think. He's, well, I no, I thought it was sixteen. So birth year, right? Sixteen, seventeen year olds, and then fifteens could go in with like you know the, the old doctor's slip or whatever. Or are you saying fourteen year olds can go in with the doctor's slip? I'm pretty sure he's 14. But so 14 meaning they turn 15. So a 15 year old would turn 15 at some point in 2021, meaning they're a 2006 birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I always get it mixed up with these kids' ages and grades, but I'm pretty sure I was told he was a uh, seventh grader and he's 14. Okay. So either well, way, I'm looking this up. Looking this up right now. Uh, UWW cadet men. No, it's only it's born in 2004 to 2006. So yeah, you, you're a 17, a 15 through 17 year old. Meaning, at some point during this year, you turn 15, 16, or 17 years old. There are no 14 year olds in the field. He's 14 and a one-time holdback, seventh grade. But right. he will turn 15 this year, which means he'll do 
both of his USA Wrestling cadet years while in middle school. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Pretty wild. So he, um, one-time holdback. So, and, and I think the answer, man, I <clears throat> thinking of someone with this kind of like hype and accomplishments behind it, it's, it's pretty rare. Thinking about, I remember Chance was someone that was discussed in middle school. He was entering... Uh, college opens back when you could do that and like winning matches as a, like a seventh grader. Um, so he was one, um, but it's, I mean, Mark Hall comes to mind, but even someone yeah. like Gable and the, and the other thing that's different now is just the media and exposure for these kids is different now than it was even seven, eight years yeah. ago. I think, but so for example, Gable was young for his grade. So Gable's first year eligible for UWF because that's after his freshman year of high school. Yeah, I believe so. So it's the same same birth year wise, Gable was as a freshman where he is as a seventh grader. Yeah, I don't like giving expectations. Just let, let them let them be kids, and I know that's kind of what the media does, and I think we're kind of media, so we should be jacking things up. But I don't I don't like doing it. Well, what are we what what have we done? I mean, you just made the um, team. No, I mean I'm not I'm not accusing you of anything specific. I'm saying the media, um, and this this is not just in wrestling. They love precociousness. They love kids who are doing things uh, above their age level or really good for young, and they want to put all this hype and pressure behind them because kids love the story. And if you think about the biggest names in wrestling, almost all of them were kids who were good when they were really, really young. Uh, you know, back to my era, Metcalf, Mako, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's something that people love about that. And I, I don't like putting that type of pressure on those type of people. So I'm I'm gonna refrain from. Well, that. the the pressure is in. I don't think it's just in the is in the discussion. I think it's um and also like I feel like they lean into it a little bit. They're not like trying to they're they're pretty out there and yeah, um, no, I agree. In, in I front agree. of it. And which makes me feel like, yeah, you can talk about it a little bit and talking with coaches, they're like you know, because Jody had me interview him like in twenty sixteen as as I mentioned. And he's like, yeah. you can just tell with some of them that they're, you know, they're gonna be good because of how much they love it and they'll train and they ex like the challenges and they have mm -hmm. good attitudes. Like you can just tell. And he said he just got, he just has that. He has that extra thing. And they always want more, work really hard, yeah. really want it and love it. So, um, you know, he's he's uh, he's he's on a pretty interesting path and trajectory for such a young age. For <clears throat> Going back to like the expectation thing, I think it's less that media puts expectations on them as it is it's just covering them being in the tournaments. I don't know, like yeah, they, they're wrestling in these things as young guys, like you know Mason Gibson wrestling in the high school division at Super Thirty Two, mm -hmm. and people love phenoms. They want the next. That's best what that's thing. what I'm telling you. People love phenoms or prodigies yeah. or whatever you want to call. It. I mean, think about like probably the biggest one of all time, Tiger Woods. Like, yeah, yeah. People love it. People love it, and so yes. Then obviously the media's job is to give people what they want, and and so they, they cover it more and more and more, and this becomes this hype cycle. And we've seen we've also seen so Tiger Woods. It turned out well. It turned out relatively well. <laughs> you know, there's some issues as he got older. I mean, it turned out very good. He's the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, he had he had downs. Train. Now he's but... kind of a train wreck. So. Um, uh, oh, he had yeah. a car crash. We'll say, the only we'll thing he really did recently was had a car crash. But before that, I, he definitely had some personal issues. But also, like plenty of athletes that weren't phenoms get into those same type this of is issues. True. This is so. true. Um, 
I don't know. Watching the watching the Tiger Woods documentary, as you guys forced me to, yeah, it really <laughs> made me struggle. feel as, as there were some issues there. But the, I mean, but there's been other people who have been super hyped and then just kind of flopped. And it, whether it was because of the hype or just because they were going to flop anyway, you know, either way, um, they have flopped for sure. People brought up Pico in the chat. I think oh yeah, he was pretty hyped. I, and I was going to say. Um, I mean, I think Spencer Lee made a, a Flow Nationals finals as an eighth grader True. and had like a 1-0 match with like a sophomore Luke Pletcher. Like, um, yeah, so he was pretty hyped. Yeah, so the, the comparisons are, you know, his peers for this level of excellence at this age is pretty, um, you know, th it's a short list and they're all pretty excellent. So he's got, he has a lot of hype right now and it's, it, you know, it's earned. It's not just, you know, it's not some viral video that got posted to this guy bombing a bunch of nine-year-olds this this guy just made two worlds yeah it's an accomplishment it's, it's, yeah so yeah. um okay where to next here for the uh for for cadets ben um man i will get this this 80 kg bracket it was so good um, and you know, like I said I don't follow high school wrestling much. You guys do, so maybe you guys could give me some um, uh, context. But I felt like uh, a couple of my guys in this bracket. But um, obviously, Gabe Arnold is very impressive. He didn't have a great tournament. Raleigh is really good. Rogotsky or whatever the heck his name is, good. Cody Merrill, Tate the Tate guy. I mean, there was a lot of really good wrestlers in this bracket. I think this Merrill kid did both U15s and. Cadets. I like Merrill. Who? <clears throat> no, it's his brother. Because you're not. You oh, really? Do both. Yeah, there was a brother, I believe. Uh, they're both. At least I saw two Merrill? kids that looked just. Oh, really? There were yeah. two kids I saw that looked just like each other. Well, maybe it was just the same person. He did both. If their brothers were the not same, supposed to be allowed to do that. This one slipped through the cracks. I don't know. He made the cadet. It was he made the cadet free or the U15 freestyle finals and took fourth in cadets. Double entered. No. No, no, no. You're no. You're reading this wrong. One is Kobe and one is Kodi. Oh my god. With gosh. a B and a D. Oh dang it. And they're different weight classes. Oh dang, Jeez. that's not good. I told you. Okay, they well, when alike, I searched they, when I searched the, the name, oh, because he went Greco. Yeah, it must be he went Greco. When I searched the name, two, uh, yeah, Greco. two Cody Merrills came out, so I thought he was in two. Dang it, so oh. many Merrills. He was uh, close. But KD. there's the Kobe. I mean, Kobe and Cody. That looks like almost the same name. Dang it, that must get. Yeah. Anyway, okay. How good? Idiot. Tell me how good this bracket was. Um, Piles because it, it felt like a good bracket to me and the, the, like the semi between Tate from Iowa and um, Raleigh was really good. Um, Gabe Arnold, you know, he ended up losing in that crazy like lat whip, but then he lost to the same guy again in the wrestlebacks. Yeah, I I was surprised to see Arnold lose twice. Um, I he would have probably been my pick to win it. I mean, and I think he was the favorite on paper. Um, I mean, yeah, he's yeah second rate guy of his weight and in his class. In America, and then uh, loses to Ryder Rogatsky twice. Rogatsky made the the Greco World Team. I and mean, he's yeah, good. Took third in freestyle. Yeah, very good. The the first one, Arnold gets a takedown, and he just gets like low nickel reach back, yeah, lat whip, chin whip to his back. It was kind of kind of nuts. He pulled it off. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, very tough. Eighty was uh, was definitely a tough weight class. A lot of guys, and um, yeah, I like I said, I really liked James Riley. I thought he was tough, and I feel like he was sort of uh, dominant throughout, even even in his final. One yeah. two straight, and I don't think it was. Well, the, the, yeah, the, the semis was it as close was, the as semi, the I, Dude, it was all shot clock points. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't have that match. I had uh, Mirasola, Buchanan. I mean, they, it wasn't was like crazy. they just stood around. Uh, I mean, they were both trying. They just couldn't couldn't get to each other's legs very good, and it was all shot clock points. Yeah, I had the Mirasola. Your guy Mirasola is tough. Man, I, he had a crazy semi bin. Yeah, that, that's the one I was yelling about where the guy, he was in rear standing, was going to throw the guy, and the, the, the guy getting thrown, like, reaches down, like, you know, touches his leg, doesn't do much, and the guy, and they threw the brick, and they're trying to say, we grabbed his leg, and you're like, what? Oh, yeah, I do what, remember what this. What are you I... even talking about? You, what you're saying makes no sense whatsoever. Just be quiet, please. Yeah, but David Taylor gets yeah. all the calls. All right, so that was, uh, that was 80... 92. Uh, what, where else do you want to go before we move on from, from cadets? Um, how, how I'm feel about moving on. Uh, man, it's hard because, we have, again, we didn't see these guys last year. Uh, and maybe this is uh, nostalgia or what was the, what do we determine? That when primacy effect? Really, primacy effect, whatever it was. But and, and, and maybe it's not. But, like, a few years ago, I thought, oh, my gosh, these kids are so good. And, and you know, in all fairness, they've kind of turned out to be some all-timers. Like, I was thinking about Gable. I was thinking about that about Fix. I was thinking about Spencer Lee, Yanni. You know, at that age level, I was thinking, holy crap, these guys are freaking amazing. And they've went on to actually be ama fully amazing. Um, but, you know, I don't quite feel the same way about these kids. But, you know, again, maybe am I, am I remembering history to be better than it was? Well, I, I think we had a pretty special group there when we had Spencer Dayton, Yanni Gable kind of all in, in that mix. Yeah. And I, I think those don't, those are not every year occurrences. So I, I don't know if I see that with, with these guys. I, uh, perhaps it is as you're describing primacy effects. If they don't, mm -hmm. some of those guys jumped out and if they go on and they win worlds, if like Meyer, goes and like dominates at world championships. I'm like, okay, maybe he's one of those guys, but I didn't think mm -hmm. he was that. Um, I, I'm not seeing like a phenom, like, like Spencer or Gable. Um, yeah. Or Yanni. Right. But we'll see because we have yeah, not got to watch like them it. much. And, um, according to Sam Herring, you were hundred percent allowed to double up. Uh, Bo, they even talked to USA wrestling about it. So you could double up. No, it was it was absolutely. I will go read it right now. It was absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. The, it sounds uh, like you're getting dunked on by a kid, Ben. <laughs> I will. I will go find you. I'll send you guys what. Oh, uh, they deleted it. You can't see the event anymore. But it definitely oh. said you are not allowed to mm. double enter because it's now on the schedule. The first event is the junior and senior for this weekend. But how convenient for you schedule. and the schedule. Yeah. Well, I guess you and Sam are just gonna have to uh, wrestle it out. To wrestle it out, Sam, I'll coach your hand fighting. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll melt Ben. Okay, let's. Uh, why don't we go to questions? I mean, we got juniors and seniors this week, but I don't think we'll be able to get into that. Other than I want to say, the pound for pound number one spot could be on the line here, as we're gonna have Nick Buzakis and Jesse Mendez, the pound for pound one and two, both entered at Ooh. sixty-one kilogram junior world Ooh, team. Fire. 
So that nice. if that match happens, that's going to be totally crazy. Buzakis was actually at the Dells. Um, I guess his brother. His brother. Yeah. His brother was in U15 or Futures. U15. So he was there training. He was getting a drill in with uh, with Gabe Arnold. And yeah, man, I can't I can't wait to watch that match. Jesse Mendez is awesome. Nick Buzakis is amazing. Could be a, a, an incredible one there. And also, I'll just mention 57 kilograms is going to be really fun. Drake Ayala, Richie Figgs, potential rematch. Also, Cooper Flynn, Greg D, also in the mix at 57. Could be a really fun wait. Uh, we're yeah. going to talk more about this like tomorrow or the next day, obviously, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I just wanted so, to plant the seed. Get people plant the seeds. Fired up about it. Okay. Christian Greenthumb. That's me. All right, question from M. Sanders at Mikey Sands 6 And uh, he just posted a screenshot of something he took from Facebook where someone said, I don't understand wrestlers or parents that practice in the offseason but don't want to compete. And I figured I'd just go to kick it to Ben for his thoughts on this. Huh. Um, well, I'd say, I would say for the guys who come to practice in the spring and don't wrestle in spring tournaments, yeah, I, I encourage my guys to compete, and I do get annoyed when they don't compete. But after that, I mean, like, say some of our better – if our better kids don't want to go – obviously, they're not going to make the junior duel. I'm sorry, not our better kids. Some of our kids who aren't our better kids, if they don't make, say, a cadet or junior duels team, or then they don't want to go to Fargo, I'm hoping they still come to practice, even though they're not going to compete, you know? And then, obviously, well, when they go to kids, Fargo, or they don't qualify? I, I said – yeah, I said are, are not quite as good kids. Yeah. Right, so you know, you got a kid who's just likes coming in there working hard, and there's no tournaments for him. Like, what well, you gonna, you have an issue with that? No, I mean, whatever. I'm, well, we're happy to come to practice, and with our youth kids, um, I mean, really, we're only pushing our schoolboy division to go to the nationals, and we're probably only doing that because it's it's actually in Wisconsin. Um, so after Northern Plains, most of our younger kids won't compete from May until probably till November again. And yes, we do hope they come to practice uh, because that's how we get better. So I see his point a little bit, specifically in the spring. Hey, if you're going to practice, go wrestle. But then over the course of the summer and fall, you know, we don't really can encourage our youth kids to compete all that much. So that was more of an, an overall perspective, Ben. Um, my curiosity is about with elite guys. You know, um, what what are your thoughts there? Because I I see it sort of strange when if you have a high level guy and they just do their scholastic okay. season and then they don't they don't maybe they don't try to make a team or they don't wrestle at Fargo I think that's kind of a weird I think that's kind of a weird move when you consider yeah. their scholastic season they're so rarely going to be challenged unless they're in like a PA or yeah type of thing no so something something like that I would agree with and I would say that they have some type of competition anxiety and they're trying to Avoid it, and they will make excuses, and you'll have to kind of you'll have to get them to open up. They'll make excuses why they don't want to go. It'll be like prom or some other bullcrap, and it's really just because they're they're scared to lose. Um, and you have to get them to say, "Listen, it's okay. You're gonna take some L's. No big deal. Let's go get better." Um, and we obviously have that conversation with our guys on a on a very regular basis. And so you know, even with someone like Keegan, uh, who's been great. You know, there were certain things I had to argue with him about going to because he wanted to take a little more time off. And it's like, okay, you don't have to go to everything, but let's let's make sure we're going to something, right? So, like, one fall, I think he only wanted to go to who's number one. I said, dude, that's one match. Like, no, we you need more matches that in the fall. So, if you don't want to go to Super 32, let's pick something else to do because mm -hmm. I don't want you getting 
Between Fargo and high school season, which you're not going to be competitive in high school, I don't want you only getting one match. I want you getting at least one more tournament. Right. Um, so, yeah, I want them competing some for sure. And if kids aren't doing it, I think it's competition anxiety stuff. And they'll, they will avoid admitting that at all costs. Yes. Is um, it will, Speaking of Keegan, will we see him at anything this summer? He told me he's wrestling this weekend. Oh, really? Juniors? Yeah, he's in. He told me. Juniors or seniors? <clears throat> Why did I miss his name in there? Could have been late ad last night. I got a Keegan Rothrock. I don't well, see Keegan that. Rothrock. But I don't see uh, it, no, he told me he was wrestling this weekend. Um, like I said, I think he I think last Parker night. Is oh, still, last night. Got isn't it. Parker still of that age, uh, Junior? Yeah. I think he is. I would think this would be his last year of, of, of uh, Junior eligibility. So okay, good yeah. good stuff there. Looking forward to seeing Keegan O'Toole. If he's junior, that'll that'll throw him in there with Facundo, uh, Kyle Valencia, Julian Ramirez, Chase Saldate, among others. If he goes seventy four kilos, which I'm assuming he will. I, I believe that's the case. Yes. Okay. Well, that'll be that'll be a very exciting bracket there. Five, oh yeah! Wow, we got a lot more wrestlers since Jesse. We have the five hundred eighty two wrestlers on the wrestler list. That's, that's great. Okay. Yes. Actual cannibal. If you could oh, pick one again. wrestler to have a completely injury-free career, who would it be? I know my answer. One wrestler to have a completely injury-free So are we looking um, historically or are we looking like moving forward? Um, historically. Historically. Like you're looking back on this mm. guy's career and be like, man, if this guy stayed healthy, who knows what would have happened. All right, I'll start with mine. Darion Caldwell. Okay, go. Because Ooh, that's th- a good one. You think about think about what he did after he beat Metcalf, right? That next month. We, he he made the national yeah. team. He beat oh, Schwab and he lost. You're just trying fight. you're trying to take away Dake's title. I can't believe you. Miles. No, it's not it's actually not even about that. But I would have loved <laughs> to just see that match. But it's more, more than anything, it's this guy could have been our long-term. He might have been the 65 we needed over these years. I mean, you think yeah. about what he was doing yeah, right after he graduated. Um, that could have been something. I mean, he could he could have been the guy, right? He was certainly on the trajectory. He lost a close one to Freyer, I believe, in that 2009. I guess it was Open Finals or Trials. I can't even remember. But it, the, the bottom line is he could have been amazing. And, you know, he was never the same wrestler after – the rollerblading injury, and even his senior year when he was wait wait wait, that was a rollerblading injury. Yes. That's how he got hurt. <laughs> yes. How did I never hear this? I don't. I don't know. Um, I knew that. that. That's real. That's real. Real. Real tea. Uh, if you listen, Stop. even t- he talks I about it an interview. A wrestling injury. No, nope. rollerblading landed on his shoulder or something. I think he talked about it with Bader, right? Yeah, Bader. Yeah. Bader and he did a whole. Oh my a god! Yeah, crazy, right? Some people like the rollerblade. What's your beef? Oh, for <laughs> God's sake! Yeah, but it ruined his career. I mean, I guess he ended up doing okay in MMA, but the rest, of, yeah, that that last year in wrestling was rough. Yeah, he he ended up getting the one seed, I believe, because he didn't wrestle much, and then he won ACC, so he was undefeated going into NCAs. And as we know, Dake had some losses that year. Uh, Molinero was in the field. I believe that year. Yeah. So he, for me, is is my number one. Just because, one, 
the 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 way this guy wrestled was so unique and fun, and he just had a style yes. all his own. Two, he he could have been a long term solution at at sixty five, sixty six, where you know we haven't meddled since Bill Zadek still to this to the yeah. day. Any for you um, guys? I got a good one. I mean, and maybe this isn't the best ever, but just my uh, uh, it's kind of similar era. Um, would be Hunter Steber I who had one really own, healthy yeah. year, and then I think he only had one, and that was right. There was no other healthy years. It was like he kind of tried to wrestle a little bit, but was always hurt. He was a two-time AA. Uh, I'm pretty sure he placed his. But even the second year, wasn't he still super hurt when he placed? Mm. No, so he placed in 2013, and then what happened in 2014? He redshirted. Oh, maybe you're right. I think uh, so. Hunter Stever, Ohio State. Yeah, let me do a little digging. Bracky's just yelling people on Facebook now. What are you yelling at him about? We lost him. It's the whole freaking rankings thing. Oh, <clears throat> don't even. I'm sorry I brought it up. Oh. What rankings thing? The... Oh, what did I? <clears throat> don't ask now. He's gonna, you're going to rile him up. Two-time yeah, two A. Rile him up. <laughs> Someone what rankings thing? Smart Alec comment about freestyle not counting for rankings. Oh. Because <laughs> you said number, number Why one. Why don't you guys count freestyle for rankings? <laughs> oh, man. Ben loves it. He's like, you only, you only, do, you only count it when it's convenient. You only count it when it's convenient. No, it's, in like, high school it counts because these guys, never, these guys never get to wrestle each other uh, or hardly yeah. see each other. So, of course, it's going to count. Um and then, he, then he was like, "Well, Greg, well, you never count Greco results, yeah, because you can't attack legs." Darn right, <laughs> you can't attack legs, man. If he's bringing you out Greco, attack, you can't count Greco. You can't count Greco. <laughs> if you want to count Greco, no you're just disqualified from Facebook chats, and that's hard to do. Okay, he's a two-time AA, three-time qualifier, okay. 2013 Big Ten champ, and when did when did he? Hmm. I'm trying to think when he placed again. He must have been placed at 12 and 13, and then that was – I think that was it. Because 12 – the 11-12 season, I think, is when he he beat Kellen. He beat Mangrum, I think, that year. Mm, yeah. Remember that last year he had, like, double-taped elbows? It was Double terrible. elbows. I think he had no elbows or knees at that point. He was still, like, gutting out wins uh, and qualifying and all this craziness. So – so that was one. Do you guys have any, Bracky or, or Ollie? Uh, I couldn't think of anyone other than the guys you really mentioned. Sam Herring, who is basically the co-co-host, says, someone please say Mark Schwab. I'm not super aware of Mark Yeah, Schwab. that's past my era. Yeah, mine too. And Sam's nine, so I, he's just – it's just. Sam's not floor. nine. He's older than that. Ben. Bully. You're a bully, <laughs> Christian. You're, you're the one who was choking out kids at the tournament. Yeah, you're choking out U16. Listen, listen. PJ Cassell came at me. Or oh, wow. His name is. Okay. The, the, kid, no, 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 the kid started it. If a kid it. comes at you, yeah, you'll we'll kick down. Boom. And I just jumped <laughs> by the chin and let him know, like, give it up, PJ. It's going to get a little tighter. Ben just ev evoked he started it, which is – I don't even let my kids use that, <laughs> that one. Uh, but, uh, listen. Listen. He's, big, he's a big guy. He wants to come get rough. We're going we're gonna to wrestle a little bit. <laughs> Just no. wait till I see you. Bam, collar tie. You're for, not gonna see it coming. Uh, for personal reasons, I wish Brandon Rayner never tore his ACL because I think he could have been a national champion in his junior year. Yeah, he was beating Mendez Maybe. from Cal Poly when he tore his ACL, and he was never the same after that. 
He just kept tearing it and tearing it. I he hurt his shoulder too. He just, his body just kind of. He was a mess. I would say Vince Hall, my wrestling partner in Long Beach Ooh. High School. Did you hand fight him into injury? <laughs> um, when I, he, he was a lot stronger, more athletic, and just better Stop. than me. Um, but I had the gas tank. So can I tell the greatest hand fighting story of all time for Ali? Make him really. This is one of my favorite stories of all all of Mizzou wrestling. Okay, let me hear it. Okay, so there's this guy Scott Barker. He ended up being in the national finals, but um, he ended up getting kicked off the team because he, he kind of had some personality issues, and you know he didn't love practice all the time. Well, one time, he Coach Horton thought he was like playing up a knee injury more than he should have been. So he was sitting on the edge of the mat in a, in a chair, right? He's sitting in a chair, and there was this other guy who wasn't very good, who was maybe a little bit smaller than him. And so Horton says. I'm not saying the guy's name on the radio. Hey, go go hand fight Barker. Okay? So <laughs> Barker's in a chair, and this other guy is instructed to go hand fight with them while he's in the chair. They were sitting hand Barker fighting? Can't... No, no, no. The, the one guy's standing, the other guy's sitting. So Barker's <laughs> sitting in a chair, making an injury. The other guy's hand fighting. So Barker stuffs him underneath the chair. He has him all the way stuffed under the chair, and he's stepping on him. And Horton's like, no, let him up. And he did it again, and then, and then Horton's like, okay, no more. You guys can't hand fight anymore because Barker kept stuffing the kid under the chair. <laughs> that guy's a legendary hand fighter if he could just do it from the chair. I got putting it. guys that's a great. That's a great drill I never even thought of. Like, let's get, <laughs> just sit these guys facing each other and hand fight. Only one was seated, though, the faker. Well, we don't know. He might have been. T- he was pretty tough. So maybe, you know, maybe Horton thought he was faking. We're not really sure. I mean, he was he was, he was good. He made the national finals. He was, he was very legit. Oh, my gosh. Well, that seems you, pretty dang good. You, you definitely very much narrowed it down who it could be, right? He made the no, no, I said, I said who the one guy was. I didn't say who the other guy was. I didn't oh, say who the bad guy was. Oh, Barker made the NCAA finals. Oh, yeah, okay. Barker made the NCAA finals. The other guy. Okay, hey, so I, I, I got curious and I looked up the UWW rule book. And as <laughs> as we said, it's very vague with the Joe Rouse situation. Um, so wrestlers are forbidden to. And then it has this big list of things uh, that they're forbidden to do. For example, to spit out water during the break. Okay, um, or agree them agree with the match result between themselves, which who knows even what that means what? at all. Agree with um, the match yeah. result between themselves. So maybe like fixing the match. Oh, I'm guessing fixing is what the that match. Means. Like wrestlers oh, can't determine it. the result of the match between themselves. Yeah, but the, so the way some of these things is written, I'm I'm, I'm just like leading into this is whole thrust the elbow or knee into the opponent's stomach or abdomen carry out any twisting action which is likely to cause uh suffering or hold the opponent by his singlet like, you know it's okay but so when we get to the choking part here here is the line where you cannot kick headbutt strangle push <laughs> apply holds that may endanger an opponent's life or cause fracture or dislocation to limbs tread on the feet of the opponent or touch his face between the eyebrows and the line of the mouth. And so, like, yes, you can't strangle them. It doesn't define specifically what a strangle is. Um, Therefore, it does make it fairly arbitrary for the ref to call. And if the ref knows I can put someone to sleep, I would call that a strangle. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know where you draw the line. I mean, a head pinch is a move. 
Correct. So they, they and that that's why I said like in folk style. Um, what do they keep calling in folk style? Oh, the assassin. And it's like if you really, really, really know what you're doing, um, you can put people to sleep anytime you have their head and their arm together. Obviously, in some in some manners, it, it's significantly more difficult. But I think there are things you could outlaw, like um, for example, the anaconda position. Like that should definitely be out like you cannot that's easy to put someone to sleep and then um the one is specifically in greco that is becoming very popular is rolling towards the arm uh that is trapped with a deep arm because the guy can't grab the leg people get put to sleep there on a very regular basis okay um well that's good some a, a little bit of clarity there uh we actually have a lot of really good questions that we're not going to get to get to today um, because, because Ben's uh, daughter broke his laptop and made us uh, four minutes late um, and that we would have got to all those questions. But actually, we'll get to the rest of those questions tomorrow. We'll discuss more about juniors and seniors. Anything else before we depart here? Uh, I, I don't nothing. have anything at all. They got nothing. I got nothing. So we're going to go. Thank you guys so much. 639 strong holy cow that's quite a couple oh baby thank you guys so much for listening double thumbs up for molly He's that's not... my that's my official sign off everybody's got to start doing it audience people too audience people <laughs> all right there's that's ollie's there's ben's face we're just gonna make regular faces uh thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back tomorrow it'll be wednesday we'll get tacos and it's gonna be a happy day thanks so much for listening great week later really hit that, Ollie. I always get reminded when I...